Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is The College Draft Podcast, which, of course, is presented by betonline.ag. Make sure you go. Over there, use the promo code PODCAST1. I'll tell you later why it's so important and why I am so excited about my co-host this season, Matt Waldman from the Rookie Scouting Portfolio, www.mattwaldmanrsp.com. Remember, NFL teams buy Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio. NFL teams, NFL scouts talk about it. And love it. So we love having them. We're going to do three for three pretty much every week. That is Matt's three players to watch, top three players to watch in the three biggest games. Today, Texas A&M versus Clemson. Huge. LSU versus Texas. Ginormous. Cincinnati versus Ohio State. Don't sleep on Cincinnati. I am telling you. So, some awesome stuff to get into with you, Matt, momentarily. Speaking of awesome stuff to get into, how about my dudes over at ButcherBox? This is the best meat anybody has ever sent me. I used to be with other companies, not anymore. ButcherBox subscriber, yours truly. You know why? Because it's just better quality and it's better tasting. Whether it's the wild Alaskan salmon, the grass-fed, grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork. And here's the deal. New subscribers receive ground beef for life. That's right. Sign up today and ButcherBox will send you two pounds, two pounds of 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef free in every box for the life of your subscription Plus, listeners get an additional $20 off their first box. This is a limited time offer, however. For two pounds of 100% grass-fed beef free in every box for the life of your subscription, plus $20 off your first box, go to butcherbox.com slash draft. Again, butcherbox.com slash draft. That can be your meat for your college tailgates or NFL tailgates. I don't care. All right, Matt, let's start with the big contest at 3.30. 
So looking forward to this matchup between Texas A&M and Clemson. Certainly helps Clemson that the game is home yet again. It's 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday on ABC. Obviously a number of good big-time prospects in this one. Let's start with a couple of skill guys for Clemson. And I think a lot of people are very intrigued, especially with what he did last Thursday night, by their running back, Travis ATN. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of people consider him one of the top prospects at the position, and for good reason. And and I think he also jumps off the the screen for pretty much any fan who's watching him because he has that excellent short area quickness. He's stronger than his size may, you know, portend at least from his height and weight. He's had a little bit of uh, muscle and you can see that he runs hard and he has great acceleration and a true top gear. And anytime a running back has a true top gear, people get excited about that. Um, But I like how he runs inside on certain types of schemes. He has really strong pad level and finishes well. He'll get under defenders or hit guys first and then ride over top of that contact. And and that contact balance is pretty strong for him. I mean, all three levels of the defense, uh, you know, are, are, are game when it comes to him being able to bounce off of contact. And that that track balance, I would call it track balance as opposed to contact balance, he, he's really good at being able to transition from, you know, sideline to sideline to north-south, even on sloppy turfs and with minimal amount of steps. So he can he can really do a good job of working outside and then cutting downhill when it comes to just his balance. Um, the thing with him that's interesting is that I, I think that he's right now comfortable with only a certain type of certain types of runs in terms of how he processes information, reads the blocks and, and makes decisions. And that's so important in the NFL. Um, Right now, I think, you know, power O where he has a pulling guard towards one side, either trap in the middle where they, they pull towards middle or inside zone plays or duo plays where you have two double teams um, in the middle of the line he does pretty well when it comes to pressing the line and getting close to it and then finding the open lane and cutting back. And when you press like that, you're, you're basically baiting, you know, either the defensive linemen safeties or linebackers into moving one direction based on where you're heading, then cutting back. Um, He needs to learn to press a little bit deeper, but a lot of running backs at the college level have to learn to do that. Um, You know, but he's really good on those inside runs because he can pull through defenders trying to reach through his upper body as he jets through there with that acceleration. Um, Where he can really improve is that he can lose some patience as a gap runner. And there's, you know, you don't need as much patience as a gap runner as you do in a zone scheme. Um, But he loses a little bit of patience there. Doesn't always set up his blocks well. He may be running he runs a little too close to his blockers and makes his decision before the blockers already made contact. And you really see this not just on, on gap plays as a whole, but also where he's running things like counter where the, the play is headed towards more to the edge or on outside zone. He just doesn't make as strong pre-snap reads of defenses on these outside plays or sets up his blockers. Well, and that's something that he's going to have to get better at in order to become really a versatile run scheme player in the NFL. You see a guy like Daryl Henderson, who's struggled a little bit with outside zone, 
um, with the Rams right now, and that's kind of slowed his development down a little bit. C.J. Spiller was a guy who had some issues in that regard, who was just a wonderful prospect. Um, but that was something that really inhibited his, uh, his ability. Same thing with Rashad Penny, who came from a gap-oriented scheme. Um, but, you know, as a pass protector, he's pretty tough. He's got a pretty good first punch. He can turn defenders, even take on some defensive ends and do a pretty good job technically. He did that against Pitt last year. And he just needs to work a little bit on his cut blocking and blocking off the edge to where, you know, especially the cut blocker, he tends to dive directly at people rather than kind of work across the legs and get real height on the defender so he can fold that guy over and not be an easy dodge, you know, by a defender. Um, and he needs to kind of keep his base where it is so he's not opening too much. But this is a guy that really has a lot of promise. Um, it's just a really just comes down to how quickly he can conceptually develop with those, some of those outside zone and counter plays and some of those gap schemes where he's not setting up his blocks as well as he could. What about the receiver for Clemson? It's interesting because he's the one that is draft eligible, although I think there might be more excitement over his younger uh, compatriot there in Justin Ross. But T. Higgins has also had a really nice career so far in his own right. What did you see from T.? Yeah, absolutely. And you're right about Justin Ross. I mean, he's so exciting to watch. He's going to be fun to talk about down the line. But, you know, T's really good at, at, at catching the football. He attacks the ball well. He's somebody who really gets his arms extended to attack it, even on plays where you often see running backs keep the ball, you know, try and trap the ball, such as really low throws where he has to get under the ball. You'll often see him use that active hands position where his fingertips are pointed skyward and he's extended out to catch the ball. And that's unusual for some of the types of some of the throws where you see him do that. Um, He's good at how to attack the leverage of the defender, you know, taking the the defender's back running towards that defender's back to set up his brakes so that the defender has to turn in a direction opposite of where the brake path is going to be. Or he also can widen the defender by working in the direction, even with the, you know, towards the defender and has to kind of give a little bit of birth there. He also understands how to stack them. So, you know, at the, when he makes his break, he's able to, get his body in position directly in front of the defender's path and the defender has to force is forced to chase and play through the receiver's back, which is just a, a terrific technique when, when receivers can do that, especially at this, at this stage, he has pretty flat breaks in terms of breaking back towards the quarterback or maintaining a pretty straight line and he'll work back to the football. Um, and, and I think that as a rebounder, he's really trusted by Travis Lawrence, and I think that that's one of the reasons why you see him is that, you know, reliable hands, attacks the ball, has good length and height, and and wins the ball in the air, and he has what I call late hands. He doesn't tip off his attack of the ball on the vertical routes against tight coverage until the ball is directly over his head, so defenders can't really read his hands coming up and and early and know that it's time for them to turn around and look at the ball. By the time they turn and look at the ball, when his hands come up, he's catching the football. So that's that's a really nice trait for a wide receiver. He just has to learn how to overcome late contact from defenders on vertical routes. Sometimes they'll, you know, defenders will get savvy and, and be able to, you know, get the hand on the top of the forearm or the wrists and, and, and not necessarily hold, but just kind of have it placed there. 
and he has to work on being able to overcome that and earn position without getting distracted um, or slowing down as a result of some of that contact. And I think that he has the, the thing with the NFL for him is going to be how he's used because he has a difficult time right now with lateral movement off the line. He doesn't really show a lot of quickness and range of movement side to side. And when he has to do that against tight man coverage, now you even see him stumble um, on a number of routes where he has to try and move with that kind of wide berth. Um, James Washington is an example of the Steelers who has that kind of issue right now. And you see him playing a lot either in the slot or as the uh, flanker where he's not going to have a defender pasted right on top of him. And I think for T Higgins, while he plays a lot of split end right now, um, lined up closer at the line of scrimmage with the defender on him and going deep, I think he's got a little more difficulty with that role if he doesn't have that side-to-side movement and really improve the range of that and the quickness. Let's get to the Texas A&M side of it, Matt. And, man, they've got some good DNs in the NFL right now with Miles Garrett, even Deshaun Hall I was pretty impressed with in the preseason for the Philadelphia Eagles. And it sounds like they've got another one in Justin Matabuike. Yeah, Matabuike is fun to watch. I mean, this is a guy who plays multiple spots on the offensive line, uh, on the defensive line. He can be the one technique, meaning that he shaded, you know, he shaded off the center or the three technique technique shaded off the guard or the five technique shaded off the tackle and occasionally we'll even see him lined up at the seven outside the tight end so he's a versatile guy on their defensive line and he's often double teamed because there aren't a lot of college linemen I've seen thus far skilled enough to really handle him one-on-one regardless of which position he's playing whether it's you know he's getting double teamed by the center guard combo or guard tackle combo sometimes you even see then put a line back, uh, running backer uh, or a uh, tight end on him in addition to the lineman. Um, but he's really good when he is put one-on-one with someone. He's really good at preventing linemen from getting their hands on him first. I, you know, I was really impressed with his ability to kind of knock the hands away first and then be able to use, get his hands. He has a strong one-arm technique. And, and against the run, he stacks defenders and you know, gets them up and upright and sheds well and often use, uses his hands well to stay alive and slide into gaps to stuff runners. And he has very quick lateral movement. He can slide off contact and make plays um, on, on runners as well as when he's facing double teams to be able to slide across a couple of gaps and then be able to take the outside shoulder of one of the defenders as opposed to being handled by both. Um, you know, when he's at, over the center He's going to manhandle a lot of centers with his bull rush. Um, he does have a spin move and a counter to his bull rush with, uh, in addition to like a club move and a swipe using his hands to swipe through um, his spin move, it, you know, could be a little bit better. You want to see him get a little bit better with that. But when he's generated a push, you know, I love how his eyes stay in the, in the backfield and in the pocket and he can get his hands up to deflect passes so I, I you know that's he's he can be really disruptive also on gap plays you know where the, the 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 guards pulling or a tackles pulling and he's very good at being able to defeat double teams or or get into the way of the pulling lineman and, and really disrupt the flow of that that scheme and, and kind of stuff things before it gets started um, and he's even good at getting low into the short yardage situations where he can split a double team 
and he's going to submarine under and disrupt the lead blocker. It's, it's one of those things where the more I watched him, the more I thought you don't really want to run slow developing inside runs against him because, because you're going to have a pile up before your blockers even get into the crease sometimes with, with what he can do. And he's, and he's a smart kid, like honor roll, um, you know, really good academically. I think, you know, and, and when you watch him on the field, you see that potential, the, how that intelligence translates to the field. He sniffs out screens pretty well. I think he stays home well on reverses and, and, and misdirection plays. Um, he doesn't really have a lot of bend around the edge for a guy who gets a pretty good number of sacks for a defensive tackle. Um, but he has a little bit of a bend, but it's not great. And, and you, and so it's something that you're not going to see him become, I think like a Warren Sapp type of player um, from the three technique, but he's someone who also, you know, I think where he can improve a little bit is, and and I might be being hard on him, Ross, is that I can see a little more intensity on the plays when, when runners or ball carriers work past him to his side of the field. He's there's times when he'd be in position to make more pursuit plays than he does, but you know, it's kind of hard to fault him when it seems like 70% of the snaps require him to haul about 600 pounds of linemen around the field on every play. Hmm. Well, I like the hearing that he's a smart kid. Hopefully he will enroll in the Dos Equis College Football Football College where you can learn from brilliant football minds like Jay Cutler, Martellus Bennett. By the way, this is just what they're telling me to read. I don't know if I'd go Jay Cutler, Martellus Bennett, brilliant football minds, but uh, they're very entertaining guys, that's for sure. And I think that's the point. Katie Nolan, John Bacon, the man who wrote the book on college football. Plus, not only will you win every football argument, you could even enter for a chance to win tickets to the 2020 College Football Playoff National Championship. So be the first in your family to earn a football watching certificate from a beer school. Enroll in Dos Equis College Football Football College at dosequis.com slash edu. Dos Equis. Keep it in Terrasante. Dos Equis beer brands. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas. White Plains, New York. Copyright 2019. Dos Equis beer brands. No purchase necessary. 50 US, DC, 21 plus only. Enter by 12 2019. Full rules available at dosequis.com dash edu. Dosequis.com slash, not dash, slash edu. Let's get to the nightcap. It is LSU, and it is Texas, Matt. A lot of good guys to watch. Let's start with Texas quarterback Sam Ellinger. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that he's a nice pocket passer who has surprising mobility. He's he's smooth and quick with his setups. He throws with a really nice high-release motion, allows him to really work through and, and throw accurate passes against pressure that's bearing down on him. But he also has that nice um option to be able to throw three quarter and sidearm with some accuracy on, on shorter, shorter routes. Um, when he's got, when he has time, he scans the width and length of the field. Well, he can find that open man. And I like his timing in the rhythm passing game with when he hitches and throws when working to a second or third reads and you give him time, he's going to be able to do that. He feels interior pressure. Well, which is a, a nice trait for a young quarterback to have. He maneuvers away from that pressure. Well, and resets, with the ability to fire the ball accurately, even when defenders are still close to the, you know, to him after that movement, 
He's fundamentally sound as ball security when maneuvering the pocket as well. So you feel pretty good about what this guy has to offer on a play-to-play basis in terms of what you want to see on script or when he can make a quick move off script. Um, I think he holds the safety pretty well when it comes to working with his deep targets, but I'd love to see him open his body a little bit more, turn his chest during his drop a little bit towards that safety that he wants to hold to truly sell um, and manipulate that defender so that he can go back to to the opposite side of the field and, and deliver that deeper route that he's targeting. He's an underrated runner. I mean, this is a guy who's pretty strong at 230 pounds. He has some stop-start quickness, and he's someone that can really move, do make games that move the chains. I think of him as a kind of an aspiring Andrew Luck in terms of that mobility, not an elite runner from an NFL standard, but better than average, and he's the type of guy that's probably going to create fits for defenders and defensive coaches in the red zone as a result of that running ability. Um, you've got it, you know, you don't necessarily want to spy him, but at the same time, if you don't, um, he's going to be able to get some nice gains for you. His, his accuracy isn't quite pinpoint in the deeper game and up the seams and his footwork and release motion, I think probably need to be tightened up a little bit to help his accuracy. He tends to overshoot the vertical routes at times. And I, you know, I think of him when I watch him, Ross, and I, I imagine he'd be a really frustrating quarterback to watch right now if his offense could somehow magically get a receiver open every time on four verticals and they just ran four vertical routes on every play because this issue is one of those things that, you know, it, it makes fans a little bit upset watching him kind of overshoot these guys. But, you know, he flashes some skill to throw on the move as well and pretty accurately on some difficult plays. But still, on the shorter routes, he can also overthrow receivers on, on rollouts on these shorter ones. And, and I think that more than anything is want to see him develop a little bit more with the pre-snap aspects of his game because he, he needs to get better at sniffing out backside blitzes you know, before the snap, especially when he's backed up in his own territory. Watch the Oklahoma game in the Big 12 championship last year. And you'll see, you know, see him take a safety in that regard where, you know, it was a well-disguised blitz. But at the same time, you want to see him get a little bit better at reading some of those keys. So here's the thing. It's a nice job by Texas in terms of guys to not overthrow because they got Colin Johnson, who I saw him make a catch last week where if he was 6'5", he doesn't make the catch, but he's 6'6". Yeah. Yeah, and it's hilarious because there's some plays where you look at and and I'm thinking, well, he most you know I'm writing down on one of my scouting reports. I'm thinking, well, most receivers probably wouldn't have been able to catch that, but he should have caught this. You know, I mean, when you when you look at some of the ways that he can go up and win the ball with his length, and he's a guy where contact making the catch doesn't phase him much either. So, you know, he's very reliable in that respect, and he's a he's a dangerous weapon. Whether you're playing him in the middle of the field and having him run dig routes against tight coverage or whether you're asking him to rebound up, you know, on the perimeter. He's, he's also a good route runner. He drops his weight well where he's able to, like he's sitting in a chair where you can come to that stop and bend at the knees and, and full enough that you can stop hard and have those hard breaks. And he has some skill with double moves that work off of that. And one of the harder things to do for young receivers is to transition to those hard breaks with that one long step after you've been accelerating through the initial part of your route, that stem. Guys like Michael Irvin were great at it. A.J. Green's very good at it. 
Colin Johnson's very good at it, and he snaps the turns on his routes when he breaks back to the quarterback. So there's some suddenness there with his game, and he's and I love what I love most about his game, and really this is true about really any prospect, regardless of position, is that he he makes the small movements, the tiny details that help him make big plays, whether it's transitioning fast after catching the ball, and it may be something as small as just dipping the shoulder and tucking it in and tucking the ball tight so that the defender can't even reach him in a tight quarter area and to be able to turn a play where he's facing down a a cornerback in tight coverage after the catch, make that man miss and earn 10 yards on a third down play. Um, You know, he's someone that also has enough speed to work past off coverage, even though he lacks top end speed. He's a guy that once the route gets pretty long, once it gets into that deep range of the field, he's not going to blow past people. He's going to be more about using his size and length or airing position early on. And he's very good at that too. One of those micro things about micro movements, I'd call it those little moves that he does is he's really good at drawing defensive pass interference penalties. So he'll slow down and then speed back up just to invite the defender close to his body and, and force that defender to have to make contact with them when he notices that the defender isn't looking back to the ball. Um, and I think that like T Higgins and Clemson, he's very good at attacking the back of the de- the defender and, and gaining that leverage or working against that defender's leverage to turn the opponent around. And he's someone as a blocker, obviously with his size, I mean, he, he can uppercut with a, a nice punch. Um, you just want to see him be a little bit more aggressive when he's stock blocking and, and, and reach that defender and not allow the defender past him in pursuit. Um, but when he engages the, def- the opponent, he works hard and he can be physical and he'll be a bully. Um, the, the one area where I'd like to see him not get bullied is that there are times that he can get rerouted by physical cornerbacks on perimeter routes and, and pushed outside the boundary, which you wouldn't expect for a big guy like him. But that's something he's got to work on. But he's a fine prospect. And then uh, the last one in this game, and I saw your tweet, Matt, at Matt <laughs> Waldman. It is Grant Delpit, the safety from LSU, and I think it's fair to say you have a man crush on him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This might be the best. This might be one of the best prospects I've watched this year. And I joked around that it's that, you know, when quarterbacks make a mistake and and maybe or you'd say that a defensive back makes a good play and leads to a mistake. You know, in, in the SEC, I think rather than them taking the Lord's name in vain, quarterbacks probably mutter Grant Delpit because it's got the same number of syllables and then the first and last <laughs> first and last initial for each word, you know, of, of that. So Grant Delpit, you know, listen, I, I, of all the players we're going to talk about today, I mean, how I feel about this guy after watching them, you can have all of them and they're all really good players. I'll take Grant Delpit. This guy has an ex- excellent sideline to sideline range as a center field. Fielder, but he also moves north south really well. So when it comes to you know playing tight to the line and dropping fast um, to break up passes that their quarterback's trying to throw over his head, he does out well. Ask him to play deep and then climb fast up that seam or alley um, in the flat and disrupt catches or or just hit and wrap up and prevent yardage. Delpit's going to do that for you too. He has a nice back pedal and transitions well in coverage when he's playing off coverage on a slot receiver. 
and he plays through the ball at the catch point. So he's either going to knock the ball loose um, and, and do and show that precision with his hands and his hand-eye coordination without being able, without hitting the defender, or he'll just hit and wrap up, aim for that you know that waistline and just put the helmet into the ball. And so I love seeing that out of a safety. He's a good pass rusher. He's going to work under and around contact off the edge. They use him a lot in that respect. He's really disruptive on blitzes. And he has, and a part of that is because he has great stop-start quickness and change of direction. And he can, he's got a relentless style of pursuit against edge blockers and can redirect in ways that just make it difficult for defenders to hold up against him. He wraps up as a tackler well in every phase when he has the opportunity to to, to reach that defender or reach the ball carrier in time to be able to to wrap up in that fashion and not just try and shoot for a, you know shoot for a lower body part. But the the thing that separates him, Ross, is that he just has excellent on field intelligence and what I'd call intuitive prob- problem solving ability. And his mind and body are integrated so well. And I just give you a couple examples. I mean. There is a play against Louisiana State where you watch him drop back against off coverage, transition to the out route, and then realize as he tips the ball away that he's not going to be able to reach the rebound, but the receiver might, and he just tackles the receiver after he tips the ball so the receiver can't rebound it because if the receiver catches it, he probably turns up field and scores on the play. And, and you see a lot of times where that type of thing happens. You say, well, it's a, a pretty good play by the defensive back. But, he, you know, in mid-play, he makes that adjustment. Or there's a field goal attempt against Georgia where he, you watch him, he's rushing, you know, rushing the kicker. They pitch, the, the holder pitches the ball to the kicker and runs up to the outside. And you watch Delpit not only just check to see whether or not a receiver has worked out to the flat and that his teammate has the guy covered as he, he bubbles out and, and, and drops into that flat. Once he realizes that's covered, he comes up and works outside to, to cut off the, the kicker's path. And what's funny about the play is the kicker stiff arms him to the ground. And you're watching this and you're thinking that's over. The kicker's about to step over him. But Delpit rolls over and, is, and with his back facing the kicker, literally gets up on one knee and reaches without even seeing, being able to see the kicker to his left and reaches up and grabs onto the ball. And, and so he can't even see, he's not even looking at what he's doing, but he has a feel for understanding of how to get up as quick as possible and get in a position to slow the guy down. I couldn't even see on the play whether they forced, truly forced a fumble or not, but it, it basically held up the kicker long enough for help to arrive. It was just a fantastic adjustment. And it's the same thing on blitzes. I mean, you watch him blitz, and I watch him against Ole Miss, where Scotty Phillips is a running back there who is probably one of the better pass blockers I've graded this year at the position. And, and Phillips puts Delpit on the ground off of a, off of pressure. But even as Delpit's getting hit and knocked off his feet, you watch him literally turn his body so that he can get on his hands and knees as fast as possible. And, and he's already eyeing the quarterback after he's getting hit and in midair, trying to, you know, and on his way to the ground. He's already scouting where the quarterback is, turning his body so that he lands on his hands and knees and just gets right back up and tackles the quarterback. And I've seen this happen repeatedly with him. And, you know, not to mention things like just he's good at trail coverage. He breaks up passes, you know, really well against NFL caliber tight ends and receivers. If 
from a from a trail position across across the field. He just re, he reminds me of a guy uh, that you know we all know well if we're college fans and run pro fans was Charles Woodson. He just makes the game look easy. It, you know he he might be the best player I watch this year. We'll see about that, but it's it, it, he's that good, and I definitely have a crush on his game. I love it, and we'll save Ohio State for another week since they'll be on, and we'll be featuring them a couple times. We had too much love for, by far, by the way, the two biggest games, Texas A&M, Clemson, LSU, Texas. We'll get to Ohio State down the line. Check him out always at Matt Waldman on Twitter or MattWaldmanRSP.com. Matt, terrific stuff. Already looking forward to next week, man. I love when we have some big-time games and big-time prospects to break down. Sure, yeah, and this has been a great group thus far. This has been awesome. Excellent stuff. That was fun, man. Matt goes in-depth. That was incredible. Speaking of incredible, how about betonline.ag? That's where you can go and use the promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% welcome bonus. Now that you know from Matt what to expect from the top prospects in the two biggest games maybe that helps you place your wagers over there maybe you want to get in on the pick pick them challenge that I'm in either way you know where to do it betonline.ag using the promo code podcast one for that 50 percent five zero welcome bonus which is just oh so glorious other than that The keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.